Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John. I'm not Dean Koontz, Ronaldo. John, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm at home and I have no place other than I can be. This is the only place I can be right now. So uh, uh, coronavirus is changing the face of the world right now. And so it's, uh, it's good that I'm home. Uh, my clients know I'm not traveling at least for the next 30 to 45 days. And so, uh, yeah, we're in this new world, aren't we, Chris? Yeah, we are. And if people are looking for things to do because there's no sports on, no March Madness, uh, you know, activities are canceled. You know, we've got over 120 episodes of the Church Podcast that you can catch up on. And so uh, if you've been waiting to binge and maybe your eyes are burning because of too much Netflix and you just need that audio sensation or you just need that calming voice of John Ronaldo, like definitely go to (laughs) iTunes, subscribe to the Church Podcast if you haven't already, and just listen to his sweet, sweet voice. brush away all the craziness that's going on in the world. There you go. I, I make people forget all their concerns and worries. You do. That's why we set up these, uh, the, this podcast is really selfishly just for me, folks. Um, <laughs> you know. But anyway, uh, no. Uh, all right. Before people turn this off and be like, oh my gosh, you're going to talk about the coronavirus. Um, yes, I, I think it's important that we address it, um, but we're not necessarily going to uh, just talk about coronavirus. What we're going to talk about is how do churches or how should churches or how can churches respond when the world stops around them? Right. Because, uh, um, you know, a similar, but very different sort of circumstance would be nine 11, right? The world stopped when nine 11 happened. And I'm sure we could, um, for, for many of you, there are different sort of circumstances, whether it's maybe hurricane Katrina or, uh, one of the school shootings, like what does a church do when the world around them stops? and pauses and looks to church leadership to ask the question, which I think is uh, the big question of like, what do we do, right? What do we do? And John and I were not medical professionals by any means. Uh, We don't know what COVID or coronavirus actually uh, does. Um, I mean, we we do know what it does uh, based off of what uh, we've learned online. But we're not medical professionals. We are church professionals. We're church strategists. And, uh, and uh, so what we're hoping that you can walk away with during uh, this episode are things that you can implement in your parish, uh, ways to uh, uh, gather together as a team, and uh, you know, not only come out of this on the other end surviving, but coming out on the other end of this thriving. Because, um, John, I'll, I'll just start with this statement. I believe that this is an opportunity for the church to change in a way that it couldn't beforehand because of so many other distractions, crutches, and other things going on in the world. That's exactly the word I was going to use is opportunity. It is an opportunity. And it sounds bad to say it that way because you don't want to take a negative experience and and say, oh, you know, it's an opportunity. But but it is, they are, to your point, they are looking for leadership. And this is this is an opportunity for us to think differently because if, if your diocese hasn't done this already, the reality is probably all masses uh, will be canceled at some point. Obviously, follow your diocesan, our diocesan policies. Schools will likely be closed for a couple of weeks. Like, it really is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, really. You know, and so we're going to be at home, you know, and so how do we reach out to people? How do we continue to evangelize 
when we can't have people coming to our church property, which, by the way, Chris, is exactly what our church has been telling us to do for a while, right? Go right. to them, go to them. Now, what's really interesting is we're being forced to go to them because they can't come to us, right? Right. And this right. is this is what sold me. When Chris and I were, were talking before we started recording, I was like, I don't know if I want to do a, a podcast on this. And then we started talking, I'm like, Okay, this is good. Let's go. So, so, so now we're recording, and here we go. And, and Chris, you just have had literally this morning. We're recording this on Friday morning, Friday the thirteenth, March thirteenth, twenty twenty. Right? You literally had a staff meeting this morning, an emergency staff meeting, right? And you guys started to talk about and strategize what this looks like. So, I'm really intrigued to kind of say, what have you guys been talking about? Where are you going with this? How are you going to change the way we do ministry because of it? And that's. I'm excited. Let's get delve into some real practical strategy. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's true. Like one of the, we usually we had planned to record earlier on this, and and uh, you know I told John it's supposed to be a brief staff meeting, but like also knew that that wasn't going to happen. Um, been talking to other youth ministers and clients, and 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 uh, because I know other churches are, are talking about this. Um, as of this recording, I know like the archdiocese of DC have canceled all their masses for the weekend. Um, you know, uh, uh, Archdiocese of Baltimore, I know, is uh, working on a statement, um, even though they've issued some other things that are going on um, in, in response to what our governor said uh, yesterday. Um, and uh, up along the East Coast, I know this is being addressed. And, and maybe those of you listening in the Midwest, and, and this comes out on Tuesday, um, St. Patrick's Day, uh, maybe you're not, um, you know, ready to, um, to address in the same way. But what my for, what I would love to say is, be proactive. Do not be reactive. We are at a point where we can't be reactive. So look at something like September 11th, right? Of course, we had to be reactive to that. No one in their minds could have imagined or fathomed something like that, right? We didn't see that coming. Um, you know, maybe you did. You can be a conspiracy theorist. But anyway, uh, we didn't see that coming. And therefore, we had to react. We have the opportunity to be proactive. And so if you and your parish are not sitting down talking about this, you need to. And it doesn't mean you have to have the answer. I think, and one of the things that we experienced in our staff meeting, which I think is healthy and happens in a lot of, uh, that needs to happen, yet we're so afraid to do this, John, is we're afraid to have a conversation about something we don't know until we can discuss and talk and figure that out. I feel like so many times we go into meetings, planning any type of event, planning any type of like action, Feeling like I have to have all the answers before I sit at the table. As leaders, you do not have to have all the answers. Some of your answers are sitting in the minds and the hearts of your coworkers. So if you're a pastor, if you're even just the youth minister meeting with your team of volunteers, sit down with them and say, like, <clears throat> listen, um, I don't know how to move forward. Let's just start brainstorming. Let's just start throwing ideas out on the table. So first step is be, le learn how to be proactive. Um, instead of reactive. I think that's so important, right? You know, let, let's, <clears throat> let's get in front of the ball here and, and make it happen. Now, now, Chris, what, what are some practical ideas that, that you guys are talking about? Cause I'm going to really defer to you because you guys have already started this, right? You've started some of the conversations, even just this morning, you know, how are you going to, as your parish, how are you going to keep reaching out and connecting with people since you can't do it face to face anymore, at least for the next few weeks? Yeah. So um, I think the first thing is to is to break down the different things that need to be addressed. Right. So most uh, all churches have to think about the weekend um, liturgy. Right. Have to think about masses. 
um, have to think about um, even maybe daily mass if your if your parish has the resources to do that. Uh, we looked at we also talked about um, formation for kids, teenagers, and adults. Um, we broke down into another group of you know pastoral care, like uh, not just with our, our um, you know distributing the Eucharist and everything like that, um, but uh, also like outreach, mission work, uh, things along those lines. Um, we also um, talked about uh, inner office communication and dynamics. So those were the four areas we came up with. Uh, I'm sure other parishes might have like, you know, we also have a school attached. Um, our principal, she's been proactive with that already. Um, part of it was out of her control anyway, because um, when the governor shut down public schools, it only made sense that private and, and Catholic schools do the same. So it, it's a little easier for her to have that guidance because there's other uh, paradigms to, to, to focus on. So we broke it down to those areas. Um, uh, our director of family ministry and I, uh, we've been talking about this actually way before because again, we saw some of this stuff coming with our kids and knowing that certain activities were being canceled, certain things were already in the rumor mill. So we had actually sat down yesterday with our pastor and we discussed that um, one of the things that we're going to do is, uh, you know, communicate with family on a, a regular basis, weekly basis, just to check in with them just to let them know that the church cares. Um, one of the things that we're going to do, because we know kids are going to be home for a lot of time and there's only so much Netflix and the church podcast that you can take after a while. So, um, and this isn't always kid appropriate. Um, <laughs> so one of the things that we talked about was creating a, a Google drive or a shared Dropbox that our parishioners can access. And we're just going to fill that with different resources, whether it's videos and things we've created or uh, just like a list of, here are five like uh, Father Michael Schmidt videos that you can watch uh, with your teenagers. And, you know, here are discussion questions. So we're talking about creating an online uh, resource site or folder for our families to be able to access. So that's one thing. I really like that. And one of the other ways to do that, you know, some of you are like Google Drive or cloud or whatnot, you know, the, which works really well. But the other way to do it is, is if you have access to your own website, to be able to edit your own website, you could put a lot of those resources on your website as well, right. uh, which, which would be another avenue to go. But I really love that, right? We're now moving to this place where we want formation to still continue. We can't do it at the school site or the parish site. We do it at home. Again, something we've been talking about for a while. How do we, bring, how do we help parents? How do we empower parents to lead faith formation, to pass on faith to their kids? Again, we're using this bizarre you know and, and tragic situation to 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 move us in that direction and change some of our habits and so how do we get them to do some of this at home i really love where you're going with this chris and i think this is an incredible strategy yeah and so that's just one of those ideas and we're you know i i mean we could point people to formed uh we have a form subscription and nothing against them um but like this is also a chance for us to create our own database of resources so that when this thing does pass you know, we can continue to fill that and offer that to families. And that will come in helpful for snow days. That will come in helpful for, you know, um, you know, families that get sick just with the flu or, you know, things along those lines where we're resourcing families in times when they are unable to come to us. So that that's one thing that we're doing. Um, move into a different area, uh, talking about outreach, right? Um, you know, one of the things that uh, we discussed was, uh, getting the names and the list of all the people we know who are homebound, 
or maybe have some kind of health um, issue that's going to prevent them from being out there, you know, because they're in cancer treatment or they've got um, weak Im immunosystems or, or something along those lines. And let's recruit parishioners who can be buddies, who can um, be assigned to check in on those people on a weekly or more regular basis, right? Just to say like, hey, we know that you're homebound. We know that you're by yourself. And in a, in a situation where we're told to be socially distant, you know, uh, we want to let you know that that we care about you, right? This is a chance for us to really empower our parishioners to love thy neighbor, right? In, in a new way, in a concerned way there. Um, and, and again, that's simple to set up. It's just going through your database, going off of people you know, and then maybe even creating a form on your site or putting out on social media of like, if you are isolated, if you are by yourself, please let us know, you know, send a, like, let us know so that we can connect you with someone to check in with you. Um, and again, it's making uh, a church where it's so easy to be personal and private into communal. And the more that this goes on, the more of us are going to be homebound, right? You yeah, know, like yeah. I'm pretty much homebound at this point. And so to kind of piggyback on that is, you know, youth, if you're a youth ministry leader, you know, you're not having youth nights or confirmation or stuff like that. Like you've got your list of registered families, call them, check in on all of them, talk to the parents, mm -hmm. talk to the kids. If you're the children's minister, same thing, right? So it's not just for the sick and the homebound. But it could be, you could spread that out to everybody. Now, you got to be realistic in what you can accomplish. But it is an opportunity to keep connected, stay connected, and check in with people, right? Yeah. We, if we're a community, right, <clears throat> we need to, to care for each other. And so if someone has needs, we need to understand that. And the only way that we're going to find out is if we call them, right? And so yeah. create some sort of system and structure where volunteers, the pastoral care ministers, uh, and, and staff and other folks are, are reaching out and connecting with each other during this time. Because again, this is a very different time, you know, and so create a structure for that. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. And what I love too is our uh, director of family ministry and our director of outreach reached out to one of our local middle schools that provides breakfast and lunch for students and families at need, right? Because with schools closed, there's going to be a lot of kids who aren't getting that lunch or aren't getting that breakfast. So you know, one of the things that we talked about was uh, as an opportunity was to um, connect with um, uh, parishioners, you know, families like mine who are going to be home say, hey, will you make a casserole? Will you um, any food you're not using in your doomsday shelter right now? Would you contribute that to the school? Because there are families who can't afford this um, and, and are in need. And, and in fact, a lot of our social service industries, they're not going to shut down. Um, because of this, because they can't, because there's too many people in need. I mean, not at this point. So as you know, if you're looking for things to do at home, and, and one of the things we're going to encourage families to do, especially now that there's a lot of kids at home, is like, hey, let's make these casseroles. Let's put together these uh, um, food drives, you know, drop them off the church and, and you know, designate certain people who can, you know, uh, deliver these casseroles. And so you're providing families something to do. You're, you're still fulfilling a need. Um, and uh, you're allowing ministry and, and businesses to still function. And part of that too is there, there's an economic <clears throat> issue or concern with this too, because you know we're telling people to not work or not go to work and stuff like that in the country right now, but some people really can't do that, right? right. You know, we, there's these hourly non-exempt workers who really, if they don't work, they don't get paid. So do they keep going to work? Do they keep getting paid now? <clears throat> who knows what the corporations are doing around that? But uh, we also should be concerned from a pastoral care perspective about the economic impact 
of our parishioners, right? If their kids have to stay home, do they have to stay home? And now they don't get paid, right? The parents aren't getting paid. And so, so that's another avenue in terms of connecting with families and kind of understanding, not that we can give money to everybody. That's not what I'm suggesting at all, but that checking in is so essential and food can be a huge aspect of this. Right, right. It's also like an opportunity to start thinking about things that you've wanted to experiment with or try and maybe haven't really had the, the ability because of focus to do. And things that actually, if you, they take a lot of work up front, but in the long run, save you time. So, um, you know, John, uh, before we had jumped on, you had mentioned online giving, right? This is an opportunity to encourage people to consider online giving because, you know, believe it or not, there are people who really do care about your parish and would hate the idea. Like, I don't think a lot of people understand the financial hit this is going to have on a lot of nonprofits. I mean, we're seeing the financial hit it's having on the market, right? And we don't want to be insensitive. But like, this is definitely a time where, you know, we want to encourage people to just say like, hey, we're still providing ministries, right? So all these other ideas that we're coming up with, it gives you an opportunity to say, we're still in, in, in motion, just in a different way, but you can support us by mailing in your envelopes or signing up for electronic giving um, and, and encourage that because then again, when this ends, people are gonna see the convenience and the work of that. And that's gonna be helpful again, because snowstorms happen, you know, natural disasters happen, uh, people get sick or, or miss a weekend. So that's an important culture to do. Another area is online streaming or uh, digital uh, messages, right? Um, and this is something that really was helpful for us at Nativity. We had experimented with online streaming for such a long time. And then, uh, John, I don't know how much aware of this you were because you're, you're on the West Coast, but there were a couple of years where we had these snowmageddons on the East Coast. Um, and there was one in particular that shut us down for two weekends and the whole week, like, I was homebound for a whole week with my kids. So, um, you know, and, and we couldn't drive out or anything like that. Fortunately, we had the foresight where we pre-recorded um, parts of the mass and we were able to set up, like some people were able to get to the church to live stream it. And canonically, I don't know if this is all correct and everything like that, but it was something we tried differently. And because we had experience in live streaming, we were able to be set up for this, uh, this uh, weekend. Um, where Snowmageddon came in. So, you know, whether it's just setting up your, your phone on a, you know, tripod and doing Facebook Live or YouTube, you know, streaming or, you know, uh, signing up for a Zoom account and, and trying something like that, experiment with it. People aren't going to poo-poo you because it doesn't have Steven Spielberg-like quality. Um, <laughs> but they will thank you for trying. And, and I think that's also the thing with this opportunity is people will celebrate and reward you um, for making the effort. Yeah, yeah, two, two thoughts on that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, and some parishes just aren't gonna have the capability to do that. There are a lot of parishes that do. And so I would say, you know, if you're unable to do the streaming services or provide that, what are the churches in your area or even just in your time zone, right, that, that are providing live streaming and, and send out links to your parishioners about those other parishes. We know that Pope Francis, you know, is doing mass alone at the Vatican, but he's streaming those masses, those daily masses. And so, uh, you know, we could do the same thing locally for, for our time zones as well. I know one client that I'm working with, that's actually something they've already done because a lot of dioceses, uh, again, I think it's only a matter of time before masses are, are canceled, at least for a couple of weeks, but there's a lot of bishops that are, are, are lifting the, or creating dispensation 
in terms of uh, re- attending mass regularly, you know, just to kind of keep people safe. And so, uh, so I like that. So if you can't do it yourself, curate, right? Curate those other resources. Let me back up and talk about the online giving here. Yeah. You know, we still have churches. You still have, you know, pay, bills to pay and, and people to pay and salaries to pay and stuff like that. And got to keep the lights on all that stuff. And so when you can't have mass, you're going to lose a bunch of revenue, right? Because a lot of people still give in the basket each week. Uh, so it's even more pertinent to kind of get people to mail in their envelopes or to set up that online giving. And so that should be part of your regular communication here for the next couple of weeks. Is like, if you haven't set up online giving or bill pay, please do that now, you know, so that we can continue to operate as we're not able to have mass regularly. And so there's a sense of urgency there too. But again, online giving is a gold standard for any nonprofit organization. You can get people to set up online giving that's monthly and every month indefinitely. Like that's how my wife and I give to all of our, our charities. It's including our church. It's monthly. It just happens. I don't even think about it. That's the gold standard that guarantees your revenue. So it helps. Again, this is, I hate to say this, is an opportunity to create strategy that we should be intentional about anyway. So let's do that. But again, we will, you will take a hit if you, if you don't have some strategies around this. So, so really encourage that online giving or bill pay. Yeah. Yeah. Now also, and and we kind of mentioned this before and you talked about curating resources. This is an opportunity for you as a staff to try creating your own content, right? Um, And not just, um, you know, rely on, on some of these other, um, you know, uh, resources out there, right? This gives you a chance to think about like the type of disciple that you want to grow, the, um, you know, type of um, families you want to nurture in your parish community. And it, it's not, again, it's not a snow day where you're going to be stuck behind your desk and uh, just writing and writing and writing, um, you know, but this is also an opportunity to try different tools and materials that can prepare you for next fall that can prepare you for the summertime as well. And so again, if it's recording little videos, if it's um, you know putting together little activities or things like that, th- uh, this is an opportunity for us to st- step out of that little grind that we have and-, and do something different. But it's also an opportunity to invite parishioners to do the same because we're not the only people who are gonna be stuck at home. Um, our parishioners are gonna be as well. So maybe you don't have um, the, well, I guess first off, with something like Zoom, which actually John and I use to record uh, our sessions on, there's a free account with that. So if you're afraid of budgeting things, you know, you know, sign up for a free Zoom account where you can meet with your volunteers and uh, or with your teams and, and and continue to meet and talk about like how you're going to do ministry different or or ways that you can grow with that. Um, you know, if if you can't if you have the budget. Um, pay for a paid account with Zoom or go to meetings. Um, you know, there's, there's different uh, softwares on that, but don't stop meeting. Don't just hide and, and don't stop meeting with your coworkers. Um, continue to meet uh, with, with your parishioners. Continue to meet with your volunteers, your parish councils, your um, finance councils. Uh, don't let this uh, be an excuse to just run away and hide. Yeah. I, I love that too because there's also still work to be done to prepare for the future because remember this <clears throat> this is a phase this we, we won't be in this situation forever right you know and 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 right now everything's looking till mid-april some people are going to end of april right but obviously the situation is fluid 
regardless, you still have planning to do. Budgets still need to be submitted for, for next year. Calendars, registrations, things like that still need to be prepared for next year. So I don't think we should stop doing our normal operations, even if, we, if we're recommending people work from home. You know, how do we keep connecting with each other via home uh, when we're at home, like Zoom or other places? And so I agree. I think you should keep staff meetings as usual. I think you should have, you know, your core team meetings or volunteer team meetings on a regular basis. Totally agree with that. Regardless of how you do it, even if it's just a conference call, you know, and everybody call on the phone, like that's fine too. Just keep connected and keep moving forward because this is temporary folks. This is temporary. Don't lose sight of the future because we're, we're bogged down in, in this important, it's tragic time, but don't get caught up and, and forget about what we need to do in the future. But let me even let me jump on that a little bit because I know what you're saying and, and, and I don't think you'll disagree with what I'm about to say, but you know, even though this is temporary, we should emerge from this differently, right? Even though this is temporary, even though it might be two weeks, a month, uh, you know, whatever, we should emerge from it differently. And it's, you know, maybe these are harsh words, but like almost shame on us if we don't emerge from this differently because we are, we, we can take, we can embrace this opportunity. We can embrace this situation. And, uh, and, and one, we could lament and just wish that things go back, you know, and, and say, oh man, and, and be angry and say like, I can't believe I can't do that retreat I wanna do, or that we have to cancel that fish fry because it's Lent or, or, or something like that. I think we can lament about that. But like, really we have to say, okay, the world is gonna be different in two weeks, in three weeks, in four weeks, right? before people get back into the busyness of the world, how are we going to be ready to address that, right? Because John, I'm willing to bet that in two or three weeks when this stuff does subside, or I hope it subsides, how youth sports are gonna happen are gonna be a little bit different. I mean, they've canceled all collegiate sports for the rest of the year, right? So like, you know, college students, college athletes are gonna be acting different. You know, businesses are gonna have to recover from this in some sort of way. So people are gonna be emerging into this differently. And again, if we're not different, then we're not gonna be ready for that. And, um, and man, I'm, I'm on fire about this. I think I'm on fire about this because it's a chance to be creative and for us to be different. And I feel like, you know, while the coronavirus is a tragedy, you know, God is calling us to, to do something different as a church to be something different and maybe to clean up a lot of the junk that uh, we haven't been able to because we've been so preoccupied with business as usual. Mm -hmm. And, and I agree wholeheartedly. And I think an experience like this brings out the fight or flight in us, right? Which is normal, right? Which part of human, human nature, right? What we're saying is this is the time to fight, right? This is the time to not retreat, not react, not go high, but okay, how do we move forward, right? You know, this is that fight mentality. You know, it's like what we still have to offer as church is the most important thing the world needs right now. They need faith, it needs Christ, it needs the community. And so that's why we keep talking about this idea that this is an opportunity for us to look differently uh, on this type of thing. So I love this conversation. Uh, And the last thing I would add, Chris, and you kind of mentioned numerous times, but I think you need to continue to have regular communication with parishioners. I mean, at least weekly updating them what's going on, sharing these resources that we've talked about, encourage online giving links to uh, links to um, uh, um, what was going to say links to, 
resources. <laughs> I was getting, losing my mind there a little bit. Links to streaming masses, things like that. And just keep putting it out there for folks so that they know that you're connected with them. There's an opportunity, right? And, and don't, don't lose, don't, don't lose the connection with your parishioners as you, as you move forward. And so regular, at least weekly communication, don't inundate their email box, but regular communication is essential. And your parishioners need to know what you are doing as a parish to keep them safe too, right? I mentioned with one of my clients recently, it's like, you know, the facilities guys, you know, they need to, they need to write up a little something about what they're doing differently in light of, of this response, you know, to, to keep everybody safe in terms of disinfecting and wiping down and cleaning and stuff like that. Like that's important communication to tell folks. So keep communicating with your folks and stay connected. Yeah, definitely. And, and the last thing I would say is take this opportunity to pray, pray, pray for people, you know, and um, you know, that's something that we can lose sight of. And that's something where we can call our, our, Parish to pray and not just send them out an email, right? But um, again, if you use like streaming services, like or even just Facebook Live, and you're the pastor or you're the youth minister, invite people to just watch you as you lead them in prayer in that capacity. You know, invite people to pray because this is a pandemic, this is an international phenomenon, tragedy, however you want to look at it. And it, it, it's an attack in, in, in many different ways. and again, we will emerge from it stronger. People are going, are upset. People are frustrated. People are scared. People are nervous. People are looking for answers. And while you personally might not have the answer, like this is where we can point to God. We can lean in God and, and, and again, be those shepherds, be those uh, men and women that God has called us to be, to, to bring people closer to him. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, uh, just, just don't forget that. Um, John, I, I, I know we didn't really discuss this, but I want to throw this out there to our listeners where, um, and if you disagree, we'll just edit it out. But, uh, you know, basically, if you have ideas or things or hacks that you are doing in your parish that you think are worthy of sharing to other people, we would love for you to uh, share them with us. And you can share them either at questions at the church podcast.org um, or you can. Uh, you know, email me at cwesley at marathonyouthministry.com or you can uh, contact John, um, you know, via social media. I'm sure he's going to be all over the Twitterverse, um, you know, with this kind of phenomenon. He's rolling his eyes right now because I know social media drives him crazy. It's at bugging me. Social media is driving me crazy right now. <laughs> but uh, we would love um, to uh, just share some of those resources and maybe we'll do that on future shows or put the, the show links there. Um, I know at Marathon Youth Ministry right now, we are collecting and curating content written by youth ministers and DREs and campus ministers that we're going to add to our store. So if you got some free time that and, and you're looking for that side gig as you hope things get back to normal, you know, definitely uh, reach out to me on, on that regards. But um, yeah, uh, if you have ideas or things that you are doing, strategies, uh, content, things like that, uh, share them with John and I, and, and we would love to get those out to, to the rest of you guys, to, to other people, because again, we don't have all the answers. Uh, you don't have all the answers, but we each have a piece of the puzzle. And I think we can help each other through this time. Uh, thoughts on that, John? Oh, I love it. Absolutely. Anything that we can do to get more resources. So please, yeah, send those in to, to us and we'll get them out there. So thanks for that idea, Chris. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, if you're struggling with this, uh, you can always reach out to John in the Parish Success Group because this is uh, not necessarily crisis management, although there are times where churches are in crisis, 
without the coronavirus and, and they step in. So, um, John, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, visit us at parasuccessgroup.com. You can connect with me on Twitter uh, at John Ronaldo. And I will say I was with a client this past week and, and we did spend some time talking about coronavirus and our response to it. And so, uh, it, again, wasn't initially part of our coaching, but, you know, things come up and we roll with the punches. And so we, we did have to strategize around that with, our, with the client. So, yep, that's what we're here to do. Definitely. And uh, you can always find me at all things Marathon Youth Ministry um, on social media or go to marathonyouthministry.com. Of course, you can find more about us at thechurchpodcast.org or shoot us an email at questions at thechurchpodcast.org. And as you're catching up on uh, your binge listening of all of our episodes, we would love for you to leave a five-star review telling us uh, all the great things that we're doing. Uh, share this with your friends because, hey, there's lots of podcasts, but there's a lot of, there's going to be probably a lot of time to catch up on these things. So we would love it if you share the church podcast with your friends and followers on social media. Uh, John, any last comments? Not really. <laughs> you summed it up well. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, let, let me close this in prayer. Please. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much uh, for this time uh, to take a step back, especially in the midst of chaos. I know that there's many of us who um, aren't sure what to do next, Lord. Um, I'm sure there's many of us who are um, a little fearful but God, uh, you are a God who tells us that we should not worry um, about tomorrow, what tomorrow will bring. Lord, that we should not grow anxious. Lord, that we should rest in you and we should focus on you. So I want to pray, Lord, for the global church, the universal church. I want to pray for all of our brothers and sisters, Lord, that you bring us peace and you bring us focus. And you continue to walk with us, Lord, as we go through this situation. And Lord, we do not know what's to come. We do. We know that you do, but Lord, we have faith that you've got this and that you're in control. Thank you for loving us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.